Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hour two of the game, the game after work. Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, David G, and Travion Berkland. Travion and I were, were talking earlier today about, uh, you know, what is the schedule looking at like with the next semester of classes? Travion, what have you, uh, what are you taking next semester? Anything cool? Uh, I'd have to look at my list. I don't remember. They print it off, and then you go, here you go. And you go, okay. You don't, like, sit down with an advisor and pick out exactly what you're doing? I mean, yeah, but sometimes they aren't very helpful, so you got to figure things out on your own. But you don't, you don't know if you're going to be, like, in a history of rock and roll class or anything? I've already done that. Based but, it probably. Um, what was your... I mean, on. I'm taking a film class that's kind of okay. cool. That'd be pretty dope. What was your grade in that music history class? It was an A. A plus, A minus, uh, they just an A. Whenever they just do like the, the transcript stuff, it just puts it at whatever, like oh. just an A. I don't know much about college, honestly. <laughs> I went to a two year, <laughs> yeah, and got out. Yeah, well, when I went to K State, I had three, um, three advisors in three years. So <laughs> I had to say freshman year all over again. <laughs> Hi, I never Yikes. lived in a dorm. Trey, did you live in a dorm ever? I did at Cloud, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You didn't the live, Cloud dorms. You didn't live in when you went to Cloud, you didn't Those were apartments. Those weren't dorms. Those were apartments. Dude, so yes. Uh when I went to Hutch, we lived in dorms that were old. They looked like prison cells. It was awful. Well, and when I went to Cloud, I remember taking my visit, and I swear that all the dorms still had like it wasn't like what you picture like the white cinder block looking that walls. That was Hutch, dude. Oh, my God. Um, th- this was wood paneling. Uh-huh. Walls. Formica. Yeah. Like, man. hadn't been remodeled since the 60s. Yeah. Dorms. They had the, uh, uh, like, the fondue. <laughs> the fondue set in yeah. the middle. Shag carpet. Dude, I was so jealous. We went to Highland to play up in, <laughs> in Highland, and they had the same setup. Their dorms are just apartments, and everybody's like, what? Yeah. No. So angry. When, when you would travel 
would you travel day of or would you stay the night before? It depends. When we went to Highland, we had to stay in St. Joseph. Right. So we had to go the night before. Yikes. Oh, dude, Highland is so small. Hutchison to St. Joseph on a big, giant bus that, I mean, it, it's... Uh, I mean, if you think it's, that's crazy, I remember Mitch Holtz is telling me that, well, I mean, they're about ready to do it when they travel to Foxborough to play the Patriots. They have to stay in Rhode Island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they stay, like, what, 45 minutes to an hour away from the actual stadium? Yeah, that's weird. I didn't even know that for the longest time that Foxborough from Boston is like an hour. Wow. They're I just kind of that. out yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, when... When playing football at Wazoo, same weekend that Idaho had a home game, so you had both markets, Moscow and Pullman, uh, that were already going to be low on hotel rooms. Team-wise, we had to stay in Idaho. We had to stay uh, not not in Moscow even. I mean, we had to go an hour away from Pullman to be able to get enough hotel rooms to house a... FCS football team, much less trying to put an FBS team in. You think somebody with some cash would get hip to that and build like a, you know what I mean? Like a big hotel and be like, hey, this should be the official visitor spot and like make it nice. The, the, flies, the flies is that they will argue then that it doesn't get enough use beyond oh, yeah. five or six weekends a year. That's true. That's when you got their parties. Wedding reception. Remember with soccer, the only time we had like a long trip from the hotel to the stadium or whatever is like if we were there for a two game weekend and we got to go this and that, you know, in different directions. We maybe sometimes stay in the middle of those two towns. Um, and then in Austin, we we never stayed in Austin. We always stayed in Round Rock, which is what fifteen twenty mm-hmm. miles away mm-hmm. yeah. from actual downtown Austin in the campus of of UT. Called games from a parking garage. <laughs> it's because it's connected actually to their track and field stadium, right? Yeah. Uh, which I believe is Mike A. Myers Stadium. He's got <laughs> you, his own statue. You, uh, when you had to call the game and you said you were standing by a telephone pole. Oh, at, at, San, <laughs> at San Jose, San State. Jose State. I'll oh never forget God. that. It, I, I remember like when I showed up. It's it's so funny when I look back, and maybe it's just funny to me because I had to go through this experience. But when I get there, we Randy Peterson does an excellent job. When I was with soccer, of him communicating to their SID that okay, we're bringing radio. We need this, this, and this, which was typically it was more just this, this table, um, Ethernet cable, and a place to plug in. That's right. that's what I needed typically. Although Ethernet cable, I could get by with my router. Show up to San Jose State. They don't have a single thing. <laughs> Nothing is ready to go. So I see light poles. I mean, this is barely a stadium. It's temporary bleachers that have five rows. That's it. I, I run into that sometimes in college soccer. So I go sprinting around the stadium to check out these poles. And there just happened to be a light pole by this big generator. And it had a plug. And it was behind one of the goals. So I was like, this is going to have to do. And so I, pregame has already started. I'm still trying to set up. And I'm I'm taping my charts to this telephone pole. <laughs> I left him there, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I wasn't going to clean it up. But I had to plug it in. And all of my stuff was on the ground other than my charts that were taped up on a pole. I am probably 15 minutes into the broadcast. As in the match is already going. Somebody rolls up on a gator 
and says, hey, do you, you think you need a table? I'm in the middle of this half calling the game. You're like, I, I appreciate the generosity, but <laughs> I have to go see if I get if that was uh, captured like we recorded that. That's it, awesome. I'll never forget that. That's awesome. And man, I also, by the way, speak. I love like when we would go to those places and they had, you know, you're at a place that has a stadium, big football stadium, or whatever, FBS team, and I would always try to see if I could get into the stadium just right. to see if I could go look at it. Never had seen a stadium more wide open than San Jose State. <laughs> I watched right in and onto the turf. Whoa. You know, like when you're playing, they're like, please don't kick it out of bounds because it could roll. <laughs> am, I, am I rolling in the parking lot, dude? Oh, I, I mean, some shots that just went flying over the crossbar, had to dodge a couple. No big deal. <laughs> Never got hit. Yeah, they say that's the greatest call in K-State soccer history is that, that game that you did. There's a 30 for 30 on it. Speaking of rough setups, <laughs> let's head to right. Lawrence. Uh, what a story this has turned into. Honestly, like if I'm a KU fan, I think this is kind of cool in a way. So at Memorial Stadium, they're starting to, at the booth, they're starting to do renovations and it's all taking place on the west side. Um, they've started demolition on the lower seats. I'm not sure exactly what they're doing in this one phase, but it does have to do with the press box. They've already torn down a stairwell that was on the north end of the stadium and it's all it's all demolition right now at least from what i saw on social media well the company that is doing this work has let ku know and douglas gerard has come out as the ku chancellor has said that they have ran into a hiccup and by the schedule they're on now it's already going to interrupt the season but if they continue to be delayed with home games, it's going to continue to delay the construction another week for each game they have. Ooh. So what KU is now thinking about is having all of their home games this upcoming season at Arrowhead Stadium. That's pretty cool. Which if you ask KU and you go back to their pitch basically to the Big Ten on why KU should be going into the Big Ten other than their art scene – Fantastic arts, and you can't beat it in Kansas. <laughs> They're basically in Kansas City. Sure. They are a suburb of Kansas City. <clears throat> the airport is just a few miles away, and I'm not talking Topeka's airport. I'm talking about MCI, sure. new terminal and everything. It's right in their backyard. So Arrowhead Stadium is just a few steps away. A hop's giving a jump. If I'm a KU fan, my first thought is, all right. We got parking. <laughs> we got all the parking we For need. Miles, man. I mean, we've never seen a we've never had a parking lot like this. You don't get one now. You want to talk about getting spoiled for a season. For sure. You know, There's no taking shuttles from across town to Memorial Stadium. Nope. You're right there. Maybe that's yeah. what they can do with Kaufman. When they move it downtown, they can just convert Kaufman. That's the new stadium. Forget renovating <laughs> memorial, you know? Forget what a, it. What a thought. Oh, Just man. use Kaufman and re kind of redo that. Genius idea. Dude. Hey, I saved you a few million. It's got to be, it would have to be the first college football stadium with fountains. <laughs> Wait a minute. And by yeah, the way, right. guess who now has the coolest big screen in, in college football? No doubt. Man, I should open my mouth, dude. That's a great idea for them. I think, I mean, you know. That's not a bad – call up Gerard and say, hey, call I up. got an idea for you. You, you want to save some taxpayer money? Move to Missouri. 
Oh, my you, God. You already have a fight over KU Med working with a Missouri hospital. Folks involved with the University of Missouri are none too happy. Really? About them coming over the state line. <sighs> as opposed to the Missourians coming over the state line. Ba- uh, never mind. <laughs> never mind. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, at that point, let's work something out with Mizzou and let's play a football game. Let's huh? go. Especially with those two programs being much improved. Absolutely. Talk about a Well, I mean, I mean the last time KU played at Arrowhead, they played Mizzou when they were, what, number two in the nation? That was a big game. And it cost them a Big 12 championship uh-huh. game and a national, possibly a national championship berth. You know, Mizzou got slaughtered by Oklahoma. Is uh, is that is this, is this one of those things that was unforeseen, or is do you think this is something they should have had I, in the back pocket already? Like, well, I wish I knew. Like, if anybody does demo, call us up five three seven thirteen fifty. What are the possible issues that this demo crew just ran into? Like, yeah. what would be putting them behind? On all this work, like right. I'm sure it's a lot. It could be a whole list of things, but Ku, I don't think has said anything about it. I don't know if this can. You know, I, I, there's just no word of it exactly what went wrong, but I mean, I mean, the stadium is already just a what I've called. Even though I'm not the biggest hater of it for sure, um, you know, I kind of like the old look of it in a way, but it's also a. It's a concrete carcass of a stadium. It is a carcass. It, it, yeah. it really is. It's just guts. Yeah. And it's weird. I mean, half of the stadium, what doesn't have plumbing or whatever? I mean, a lot of things you could have when it comes to preliminary things you have to take care of before you start demo, you're probably skipping some steps. For sure. Possibly. I don't know. Maybe. But they're also working on the west side, and they have a lot more over there. So it, it could be a number of things. I'm not an expert in that. My old man, I don't. He's he's really good about this stuff, but I don't know if he would have a good idea about demo issues. Get Midge's dad on the line, line two. I'm gonna ask him, put him on the spot. The, the 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 thing that occurs no matter when you get into a reno, though. I mean, come on, let's face it. We've all seen it on HGTV. <laughs> <laughs> You always find something for sure that just completely skews the entire project. <laughs> a bunch of liquor bottles behind the wall. What's yes, that all exactly, about? Exactly. Oh my god, that's great. That's really fantastic. Honestly, that, that stadium is so old. I think they found Triceratops bones under <laughs> oh, there. Actually, that's, that's what it is. It's dinosaur <laughs> bones. God, to be have bad. you guys ever? Did you ever go to any K State game in Arrowhead back in the day? Cal. Oklahoma, Iowa, Iowa the no. Iowa State games. No. I went to one, and it was a fantastic time. It was yeah. a – I love that unique environment. As a matter – I mean, I. it would be cool to have – It would. You know, I don't know about a permanent thing. Like, I still think, you know, in a way, if, like, the Red River rivalry was a home-and-home home instead of a neutral, as it's been for such a long time, would be cool in its own way. But also, I do like – the rivalry clash where you have the stadium split right down the middle of burn orange and and red or whatever yeah. shade of red that Oklahoma has right um is it's always really cool to see now when 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 K-State played Iowa State it was never close to being full you know lower bowl you had a pretty good attendance other than that that's that's really it the thing about it is it, it you they were unusual opportunities save for the Big 12 championship game they were unusual opportunities, and the novelty wore off yeah. at a point because you were doing it so many times. And, you know, it, 
both CU and Colorado State ran into this, where they were playing at, you know, flavor of the month sponsorship for Mile High Stadium. <laughs> um, and, you know, that first batch of games, man, that place was packed. Tailgating was tremendous. You know, people loved going to it. By the time you got to about the sixth iteration of it, it was a declining attendance. Yes, the teams fell off as well, but just in general, the novelty wore off of it. And it became something where CU could make more money by playing it at home. And as big brother in that state, they also had the power to be able to play that at home and you know determine the terms of the contract. And I know local businesses maybe wouldn't be necessarily a fan of it, but I, I don't mind the occasional neutral side game, regular season game for K-State. I mean, when K-State played Stanford a few years ago to open up the year at, at AT&T Stadium, yes, not the most fans in the world made that road trip. Stanford wasn't that good that year. It just wasn't as marquee as it could have been. It was still cool to get my official debut as PA announcer <laughs> taking over full-time in that stadium. That was really yeah. cool. But K-State also made caboodles of cash sure. on that game. They, they made a good chunk of money, and K-State still had seven home games at, bill, at the bill that year. I, I know a lot of people around here were upset about losing the game, but K-State was able to make a lot of money off of that, and, and you know, local businesses still had their seven home games. Sure. The occasional one can be really fun. I, I will say that, but interesting snag that KU was in, but it honestly is kind of a a fun situation that they might have themselves in, even though it is you know, you gotta go to Kansas City and to play those games, but I also question like, could you have a Saturday game every home game? Would you have to play a Friday or a Thursday once in a while to make that happen? Would KU ground or case uh, Kansas City groundskeepers be happy with back to back games on their turf? Oh chewed up after it. KU game, and now they got to do a lot of uh, fixing before the Chiefs host the Buffalo Bills. And you figure that you would just have some of that ironed out. I, I don't know, at least like four games or something. But. Nothing, nothing is set in stone yet. But let's just say what the headline is: KU considering right now because yeah. of this hiccup they've had in demo at the booth that uh, they might be forced to play home games at Arrowhead Stadium. But that's being talked out as we speak. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll be pleased to be joined by Nebraska play-by-play voice for basketball, Kent Pavelka. That's coming up next on The Game. Shame on me, I completely forgot to do something. And I talked about it in hour number one, it just completely skipped my mind. We had a lot going on in the show. You failed to let the dog out? The dog is actually... Staying at Lindsay's. Oh, okay. Ah, All right. With responsible people. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have two tickets to give away for K-State against Nebraska on Sunday at 2 o'clock. So here's what we're going to do. Sorry about forgetting about it. We're going to make up, make it up uh, here at the end of this interview. Um, so once this interview is wrapped up, I'm going to be calling for a certain uh, caller. Uh, I'll give you a number, and then the first person to call in at that number, uh, I'm, I'm mixing this all up. I'll give you a caller, and the lucky number, the person that calls in is like caller five or whatever, is going to win the tickets. So, okay. uh, But we'll do it after this interview with Kit Pavelka. He is the legendary. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Play-by-play voice for Nebraska men's basketball who will be in town Sunday at 2 o'clock to face the K-State Wildcats. Talked with Kent earlier today. Well, Kent, I uh, greatly appreciate your time. Before we jump into basketball, I want to start out with couple of football questions. Nebraska under first year Matt Rule goes five and seven. I know Nebraska really wanted that bowl game. They just didn't finish strong. One one score losses were another big factor like it was in the Scott Frost era. But what's been the first impression after one year of Matt Rule? Well, I think Nebraska football fans, if nothing else, are certainly loyal and resilient and always hopeful. And, you know, a lot of us remember the, the good old days, uh, you know, when Nebraska was was dominant nationally and, and are, are hopeful that, that those days will return. They, you know, fans have been hopeful in that respect through a lot of different coaches since Tom Osborne uh, and to a degree, Bo Pelini. Um, so, you know, rules, rules got it all going. I mean, he's, uh, he's got the personality you fall in love with, with right away. Uh, it's just been one year, certainly, you know, uh, his leash is, is, is pretty long right now. No, no one's upset at all about the year. Disappointed, yes. But um, so I think he's, he's a guy that, uh, you know, says the right things, uh, does the right things, uh, uh, you know, presents himself the way Nebraskans uh, would like. And, and he's, he's a good fit. Now we'll see what happens down the line, right? No doubt about it. Got to see the results as well in year number two. Uh, but it sounds like, yeah, the recruiting is going pretty well right now. Nebraska Hoops, 8-2, and two, started 7-0, and oh, lost to Creighton, who's a really good team, even though they ran into UNLV last night and uh, didn't look good there, and then lost to Minnesota, then come back and beat Michigan State. Now that you're in a tougher part of the schedule, you've probably learned a lot of, about Nebraska and this team over the last three games. What have been your takeaways with the schedule starting to get a little bit tougher? Well, I want to go back and start at the beginning. You know, they they put together a new roster, as everybody's doing now, and everybody will be doing every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, you know, I like everybody else, didn't know exactly what to expect. Uh, first time I saw him in the summer, I liked him. I like I like the you know the additions that he made to the roster. He's got he's got a bunch of really good players, and you know they they went to Spain. They started out seven and zero, and included a a really impressive win over Oregon, uh, which, you know, they're not going to win the Pac-12, but, I mean, our conference team, right? I mean, really looked good. And then uh, for a couple of games, kind of stumbled out the gate a little bit, won a few more, and then came Creighton. And you talk about Creighton last night against UNLV. You know, they, they lost to Colorado State as well. Well, in those two games, Compared to uh, the way they played against Nebraska, it was it was night and day, just in terms of them hitting shots. And uh, I, I guess what I'm going with this is there's no way that Creighton ten times out of you played ten times they're not going to beat you by thirty points yeah. ever again uh, because they just uh, you know they were uh, Nebraska guarded them okay, didn't guard them any worse than UNLV did last night. They just didn't make shots last night, and they did against Nebraska. So anyway, that was a gut punch. And then you go to Minnesota and you look just like you did in, against Oregon, uh, Oregon State, um, 
in the first half and then you fold in the second half and back comes doubt about yourself as a team, I think. And uh, so it's a team that has talent. Uh, we And then they come back and beat Michigan State, and, and they're a talented team. Don't, don't let anybody tell you they're not. Preseason top five team. Uh, so beating them, uh, was an imp- it was an impressive game. So they, they, they've shown their talent, their ability. They've shown their resiliency. And now, you know, now you got to see if they can show any consistency. And so that's the, that's the, that's the way I analyze it coming into the game Sunday. And it appears that you know, Nebraska coming into town to play K-State on, on Sunday afternoon. Really solid four players for Nebraska and Jawan Gary, Bryce Williams, K-State Tominaga, and Rink Mast that are all scoring 14 to 14.7 points right. per game. And if you just break them down individually, they all have something they do really well. I couldn't pick one out. Who would you say is the best player for Nebraska? I think the most impressive pieces that they've got are Bryce Williams and uh, Rink Mast. And that's not to, you know, I mean, Case Case Tominaga is preseason all Big Ten. Uh, uh, you know, he's going to give you something uh, that very few people, can, players can give you. But he's probably only going to give it to you one out of every two and a half games, you know, score, you know, just hitting a bunch of threes. That's his, that's what he does. But, I'll tell, and 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 I'd, I'd put Jawan Gary with those two. I, I'd say it's a tie between those three guys. And then you've got Tommy Naga as the off guard and uh, a point guard that is learning to be a point guard, but is a really good athlete, uh, student of the game. Play, you know, he played the two guard last year, um, uh, Lawrence. So um, yeah, I mean, and then they've got they've got depth. You know, uh, they've got some guys that can help them in different ways. Once again, and that's a good observation. Each one of these guys are kind of uniquely talented and uh, put together. It's it's a nice nice mix. They, they're a very connected team. You know, they're they're developing and and learning how to how to play uh, consistently and for forty minutes. You know, and that's kind of a cliche. But when these guys have done that, they've been. They've been tough to beat, and I, I think they will be all year. Kent, you touched on this a little bit earlier. K-State offensively has changed its offense. It's now gone to a five-out, and there's certainly, in my opinion, been some growing pains with it. A little bit too much dribbling in the half court. Cats turn it over a little bit too much. I will say, despite all that, K-State, not the best shooting team in the world, but they find ways to score. And with just running the offense, K-State is continuing to improve. But how well this season is Nebraska playing defensively? Well, if you want to start talking, start talking about him. He's probably the weak link, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't mean that disparagingly, but he's out there for one thing: his offense. Uh, I think he's improved defensively, but um, these guys, if you watch the Michigan State game, uh, if anybody has access to it, you, you'll see that they can defend as a group. They, they really can. So, I and I know K State is can and does, and I think it's going to be a really, really uh, high level uh basketball game um and, and of course a tough venue i you know i remember the back in the day very well how tough Bramblage can be do you feel like this could be a tournament team yeah you know what i think that this game sunday is really important for nebraska uh because i think the big 10 once you get past purdue um and wisconsin maybe and illinois talent wise is you're gonna you know the other 11 teams are, are pretty pretty uh, evenly matched in terms of talent. So you've got an opportunity 
this winter if you're if you're you know I think Nebraska's got an opportunity and if they if they can be successful uh, at home in, in particular pick up a few on the road in late come selection Sunday a win at Manhattan would be would be really valuable you know, a thought just popped in my head about Fred Hoiberg that you know this is now his fifth season two seven win years in the first two and then it's gradually been getting better but it hasn't been yet even really NIT level, NCAA tournament level yet. So what would you say is the status right now of Fred Hoiberg? Does he need to have a pretty big year this year? Well, I, I think that they already have a pretty good year. You know, eight yeah. wins with 22 games to go. Now, if the bottom falls out, uh, you know, but I, I just don't see that happening. I, I, I think he's too good. I think um, he's got a good enough uh, uh, cast of, of characters, you know, roster that, that that's not going to happen. Good, I guess, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's the fate all these guys at this level face. If uh, you know, if they're not successful in a short period of time, because it translates into you know empty arenas or half full arenas, and that translates into money. And it's all about money, as we all know. We're speaking with Nebraska play-by-play voice for basketball, Kent Pavelka, here on the game. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You've been calling Nebraska basketball games since the 70s, right? Right, exactly. 1974 was my first year. That's awesome. You, you've seen a lot of guys come through, obviously, the program. Maybe a tough question to answer, but do you have a favorite Cornhusker over the years that has been your personal favorite? Does Ty Lu take that honor, or is there another one you like? Teron Lu is in that mix. Dave Hoppin, the all-time career scorer uh, back in the early 80s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Back when, back in my first, very first year, there was a player named Jerry Fort who has has his jersey retired. Um, I mean, if, if we talked for an hour, I could give you a dozen names or more, twenty names probably of players that I think have been really special. Um, yeah, I've been around a while. I, just to, as a point of interest, maybe uh, when I was when I started coming down to Manhattan in the old Big Eight days, we. They played at Ahern, mm-hmm. and uh, that uh, that place was the one of the best in the country as I, in my in my days. You know, it, right there with Allen Fieldhouse, it was it was great. And uh, I got to be really good friends with a guy whose jersey is hung at uh, in the rafters at Bramwich. Uh, Bob uh, Bob Boozer was a good friend yeah. of mine, and uh, so you know. K-State, Nebraska, Big 8, lots of ties there, and, and rich history for me. Well, Ken, I'm sure you know the game in Bramlage is sold out. However, we don't know how many students are going to show up because it is winter break. So I wondered about that. Yeah, it's going to be a packed house, but it's just a question of how, you know, when it comes to the Octagon of Doom, how much doom there will be. Um, unless we got to rely on uh, the, the, the alumni to make all the noise. You know, speaking of environments, Big Ten environments, what's your favorite place to go to outside of Lincoln? Well, I think the, the most impressive building in terms of atmosphere is Purdue. Uh, Michigan State's really good. Uh, you know, you can, you can, I, you know, Illinois can be pretty good. But I'll tell you one thing: in, in 2014, I guess it was, uh, uh, Tim Miles had a team that we, the last game of the regular season, we played Wisconsin and had to win that game to get in the NCAA tournament. And it's called No Sit Sunday. And it was the best environment I've ever been in for a college basketball game. Uh, won the game, got in the tournament, got beat. <laughs> but uh, it was, uh, I mean, 
I, I did a national championship broadcast in football, two of them in a row, and I did a lot of Oklahoma-Nebraska games. Oh, yeah. And uh, that basketball game was uh, was as good as, as, as I've been around. Well, Ken, to wrap up, um, I was reading your bio earlier, and it said that you're a big bow tie guy. So I got to know, how many do you own? Do you know the number? Oh, my gosh. No, I don't. No, I don't. I got a lot of red ones, I can tell you that. <laughs> I, uh, I uh, you know, I'll probably have one on on Sunday, too. Well, Ken, I'm looking forward to what you reveal on Sunday in Bramlage when you sit courtside for this game against K-State. I just sit a few chairs down from you. I'm the public address announcer, so I'll make sure to stop by and say hi. But, Ken, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for stopping by on the show, and we'll see you on Sunday. Looking forward to the trip, Mitch. Thanks. Once again, that is legendary Nebraska basketball radio play-by-play voice Kent Pavelka here on the game. And with that, let's give away two tickets to K-State against Nebraska Sunday afternoon. Remember, if uh, if you know you can go and you can pick up the tickets by 5 o'clock tomorrow, definitely try to win. Also, if you haven't won in the last 30 days, you're also eligible to play as well. Deej, what number caller should I take? Three. Caller three, all right. Mm-hmm. So best of luck, caller three. You're winning two tickets to K-State, Nebraska on Sunday. The phone number is 537-1350. Again, 537-1350. Caller three is our winner. More of the game next. Congratulations to Jadid. Jadid from St. George is our winner of two tickets to the Cats Huskers. Bram, 2 o'clock on Sunday. Pre-game starts at 1. 2 o'clock Sunday, college basketball. Old Big 8 rivals. Sounds good to me. Did you need some tickets? I do. Too bad, I don't have any. Oh my God, Jared. Jared's got him. Jared got him. So quit your job. (laughs) Call in next week. (laughs) Maybe we get a gift for Chicago State. Hey, Jared, you want to be on the show? Just take my place. Just switch. Switch for a <laughs> uh, By the way, we do not have any Wichita State tickets. I'll just let you know right now because it's a Sprint Center game. We have tickets for every game in Bramlage, but no um, Wichita State tickets for the 21st in Kansas City. So don't even ask. Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So, again, congratulations to Jared, real cool guy on the phone. Yeah. He's going to have a good time at the Cats. Huskers on Sunday. Meanwhile, Troy, we do have an update on a story we covered yesterday. You want to give us the background, give us the update. So you had the NCAA in court yesterday, the temporary restraining order put in place in West Virginia for 14 days that would allow those who are on their second transfer without having gotten a degree be eligible to play. Uh, Raekwon Battle, we talked about uh, from now West Virginia, but had played at Montana State last year and had begun his college career at Washington. And thus, he's a two-transfer player that has yet to get his degree and has been barred from being able to play thus far this season because of the NCAA rule. Seven states suing. West Virginia's primarily got the case that's going right now. And they put in place that 14-day temporary restraining order with another Uh, hearing on the matter coming up December 27th. The twist today is that yesterday afternoon, the NCAA came out and said that anyone who played in games during that stretch, during these two weeks, would not have an eligibility matter to deal with. In other words, it would not 
count against their eligibility going forward. The NCAA today pumped the brakes. They've come out this afternoon, 24 hours later, and said, oh no, if they play, for example, if Battle would play in any of the three games, and if the restraining order gets reversed in that December 27th hearing, oh, guess what? Your eligibility just got smoked. You just lost three games off of your eligibility going forward. Off the top of my head, I don't remember in in college basketball how much you have to play to officially count towards a year of your eligibility. I think like soccer is 30% of the season. Football is obviously four games plus a bowl game where you can still play without having – or you can still redshirt. Yeah, it's uh, – if you go 30% of the season for basketball, it would be 10 games. But – yeah, I need to dig back into that well, it's, because usually, usually folks are really good about going ahead and like you know lining up that red shirt before the season even begins, where they well, yeah. you know don't yeah. even discuss it uh, or, or or you know tempt the matter. Usually, it winds up being an injury case. Well, injury that, that's that's what I should have said. Yes, yeah, like case soccer back in the day had an injury situation where she didn't play thirty percent of the season, so she could red shirt or whatever and. But yes, so it's just like Coach Mitty was saying, like we're changing the rules as we're going, and that makes it difficult for everybody, especially when you're recruiting a certain style in a certain way, and you're using that as the basis for how you do things recruiting wise. Now we're switching it up. It hasn't even been forty eight hours, and we're switching it up. This is stupid. Especially if you have somebody against somebody else, NCAA against district judges. Yeah, about what a rule is going to be. And now you have a tug of war on, yeah. which you know we're still 13 days out from this next right. hearing, so a lot can happen. Right. So in other words, they effectively today said, oh, do you want to tempt fate? Yeah. That's stupid. We got to take a break. Last break. Ask us anything. We'll wrap it up next. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was cool. Settle down. Settle down. What is a underrated skill that you think everyone should know um i learned to sew a button back on <laughs> and it has saved my buns so many times dude so many times well if you want to go like uh something around the house let's go with browning some hamburger <laughs> Listen. Boy, you want to talk about helping out somebody to get yeah. them started on some dinner? Dude, you know, sometimes all you need is a little bit of help. And it's, hey, brown that meat. Oh, and if you do it wrong, you burn it or undercook it. Also, can we please learn how to use a roundabout? Yeah, really. Seriously. That one it's, at Bluemont, you're playing with your life when you go around that sucker. It's bad. Or not Bluemont, but... um. Like Third Street and Blue Mountain? Yeah, yeah, Third and Blue yeah, Mountain. Yeah, yeah. They're bad, dude. Do you have anything? As underrated it, skill? It, it can get bad. I haven't had too many issues lately, but it can get a it little messy. People yeah. get weird. You well, know, people just be, don't know when to go. You know, it could be entertaining we put a roundabout in Aggieville somewhere. <laughs> right in the middle. <laughs> right in the middle of 1100 block of Morrow. Let's do it. Changing a tire. Oh. Someday it's going to happen, folks. You're going to be out there and pop, and you're going to have to do it yourself. And if you don't know how, you are just a sitting duck, basically. Nothing. Um, is there a random K-State player from the past that you just, for whatever reason, really like? 
Uh, mine is David Garrett. I thought he was yeah. so cool. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah, exactly. Um, one that, again, I'm going to go to a running back. I was a big running back guy. I have been my whole life. You know, James Johnson was a underrated guy. He was a 1,000-yard rusher back in the day. He could catch the ball. You know, he used to split time with Leon Patton yeah. back in the day. I was a James Johnson guy. Jarek McKinnon kind of guy. Mark Simino. Oh, yeah. Is that Dude. random, though? Eh. Random enough. I was thinking like under the radar. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Well, there's people like Mario Fonafehi. I just oh, love Well, just him. a great name. Oh, my God. And then the, the like sack dance he would do is so cool, man. That guy was awesome. Well, you got anybody else? Uh, you know, for me, Boy. Jeff Schwinn. God, there's so many names I could just go down the roster. I do have a like, basketball one nuts. for you that yeah. I think was so underrated. Jeremiah Massey. Oh, dude. His YouTube clips, his European League YouTube clips is insane. He's like Michael Jordan over there. Uh, Gilson de Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> With that, we'll, we'll just end it on that. We got to wrap it up for the show. Oh we got a busy two hours tomorrow. For Trey, Deej, Troy, I'm Mitch. Go Cats! <laughs>